the rotation. Praise God. Well, please greet your uh, greet your family this this evening. Let's just open with prayer. Father, we praise you, we honor you, we worship you, Lord. We just thank you for this time together. We just thank you, Lord, as you, as you expand our thinking, as you, as you stretch us. Lord, you need us, you want us to meet you halfway. Lord, we know that you're all-powerful. You're the creator of all, Lord. But there's, there's things for us to do, right? You've, you've created us. You've made everyone in this room an individual, and the world needs them, Lord. The world needs them to be the best version of themselves, Lord. And, and we just praise you and honor you for this word tonight as, as we focus on our thinking and, and how you help us to stretch. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So how's everybody doing? Good? You said you were good before, so I'm just checking. I'm going to ask you two, two or three more times, probably. Um, so... We are in October already, mid-October. Um, we were just talking about, we were just lamenting not that long ago, the end of summer and the, uh, the entrance of fall. And we're now, we're now at a place where in a couple weeks we're going to be trick-or-treating, right, and bringing the kids around and answering the doorbell, and we're going to be going to costume parties, right? Does anybody dress up? Anybody go to costume parties here? Yeah, praise God. You want to tell us what you're going to dress up as or no? You'd be a wolf. Nice. Anybody else? Anybody else want to share? I like that one. I, can you take pictures and send, bring them in? All right. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Very good. Very good. I haven't done it in a while. I'm not a, I'm not a costume party kind of guy, um, and I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't dress up for Halloween. I'm, I know a lot of the, the people in the neighborhood when, uh, you know, the parents dress up, so when they answer the door, they're all dressed up. That's not really me. When I think of, when I think of, um, I have a favorite costume of mine from years ago. I was probably six or seven years old. Most of you know, I, I grew up in Queens, New York, and we used to go out around the block. And um, one year, I had a couple. One, one year, I was a tiger. That was eh. But my favorite costume was one year, I was a mummy. I wanted to be a mummy. And mom was, my mom, you all know my mom, back in the day, she was a great, she could sew. And uh, so we would, uh, so what she did is she took, because when we used to, we didn't have the six to eight time slot, you know, Friday night or Saturday night, six to eight, those are the only times that you could go and ring doorbells. We used to come home from school, we would do our homework real quick, we would eat something, we'd be out on the street at 4.30 and we would go until we would come back with a full bag, empty the, remember that? For those of you who are my age, empty the bag out in your bedroom floor and then go back out and get more. Um, so that was us. And so I was going to be really antsy, and we thought, you know what? My mom thought, smart mom, you know, impatient kid, six years old. I don't want to have to wrap him while he's, you know, right before. So what she did is the weeks prior to that, she made the costume. She took, you know, she tore up rags, and she sewed them onto a long sleeve shirt and a pair of pants. So... All I had to do was come home from school, do my homework, eat, and then slip on the shirt, slip on the pants. She wrapped my hands a little bit. She wrapped my head, and I was ready to go. And I was, I was 
I was a mummy, and I was the best. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a picture. I know we have one. I think my mom may have it in her box of stuff. But um, I was the best mummy, and I didn't break character all night. I was all night long, and I have to confess that when I see a little child dressed up as a mummy these days, when the doorbell rings and you go, and one of them is a mummy, and it's usually a costume that mom and dad bought. I don't say this, like I'm not cruel, I'm not, a, I'm not a bad person, so I don't actually say this to the little kid, but the conversation I have up in my head is, you're not a real mummy. I was a real mummy. I was the best mummy ever. So that was, whenever I think of trick or treat, I always go back to that costume and it was, it was uh, a lot of fun. I have, I'll tell you about one more. Now I could not go outside with this costume. I had an imagination, right? Kids have awesome imaginations, don't they? Don't we? Don't you when you were a kid. <laughs> I had a Superman costume with a little twist. So the reason I couldn't bring it outside is because it started with me stripping down to everything except my tidy whities So I had underwear on, and then I would put my winter boots on, tie a bath towel around my neck, and I was Superman. Now, I watched the Superman series, so I knew Superman, the real Superman, the real Superman, had a shirt on. He had the big S on his chest, right? For some reason, my version of Superman was topless, and I don't, I don't really know why, why, but that was, that was it. And I used to dive off the furniture, and um, I don't think my mom knows I did this, but she's going to find out when she listens to this recording. I would open the window in her bedroom overlooking the street. I would open the window and I would hang out the window. I would do like a plank. I would put the windowsill on my, on my abs and I would hang out and I would fly because I'd be flying over. And uh, not once did someone ring the doorbell and say, there's a child hanging out your window. Um, so I don't know what, what, was, what was going on there. But, um, you know, kids, you think about kids. We have grandkids. You just watch them. They can be anything they want to be. They dress up. They can be anything they want to be. They can go anywhere. They can make the basement a tropical island and save the princess. Or, you know, they can do anything. When you're a kid, your imagination is your superpower, right? And guess what? It still is. Guess what? It still is. So I call this tonight, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Proverbs 23.7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, there was another book written. James Allen wrote a book in the early 1900s, As a Man Thinketh. And it's all around, you know, taking off from Proverbs 23. Our lives, the lives that we have are based and are the, the perfect result of our thinking. And as kids, we, we, have, we do what I call possibility thinking. We, we, we imagine, we think of all the possibilities. We think of things. And then we were told, grow up, right? Get your head out of the clouds. Stop dreaming, right? Be a grown-up. Be an adult. Adults deal in the real world. We deal with facts. And imagination and dreaming, if you will, has been kind of pushed down. Possibility thinking has been pushed down to a, to a place of, non-importance. So I want to encourage, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about 
your imagination. Why, you know, God gave you an imagination for a reason. And, and in Genesis 11, we, we, we take a quick look at what God, what God, the creator of the universe, thinks about our imagination. So first, everyone in here believes that God created us, right? Raise your hand if you believe God created us. Raise your hand, if keep your hand up if you believe that God created us in his image, right? So would you say that maybe God has an imagination? Would you say that God, you know, thinks a thought, creates a vision before he creates a physical thing? I would say absolutely yes. So John, Genesis 11, starting in, starting in verse 1, says this. It says, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. I just want to stop there for a second. I just want to stop there for a second. So what's the purpose of speech? Right? Convey a thought. It's the currency, right? Just like if you have a good and a service, you, rather than bartering, in many cases, we convert it to money. Money is currency. Then I can give it to Brian, and that will pay for so many hours of him playing guitar at my party or something, right? Speech is the same thing. I have a vision in my head. I have a picture in my head. If I think of a dog, I don't think D-O-G. I have a picture of a dog, right? And then I tell Brian or I tell Cindy or I tell Chuck to, I tell them dog, right? And they hear words and they create a picture. I'm thinking of a German shepherd. Chuck's thinking of a schnauzer. So I need additional words to help him refine that picture and get him to a place where he can see the vision that I see. So let's, let's go back. Verse, uh, verse 1, Genesis 11, verse 1. And God and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go, let us make brick, burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach to heaven. And let us make us a name there, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Now, all this is going on without God. They're not consulting God on any of it. And then in verse 5, God shows up. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And this is the big part. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So we know the rest of the story. God came down and confused their language so that the vision that I have, and I'm trying to convey it to other people, the language was God, God caused them to miscommunicate so they couldn't get the same vision, and the whole project fell apart. But the point, the point I want to, the thing I want to kind of camp out on, or not, thing I want to camp out on is God, the creator of the universe, the creator of everything, the creator of us, the creator of our minds and our brains, this amazing thing that we live inside, right? It is pretty amazing. He says that if you, now this goes for everyone in this room, you're a human being. God says nothing will be restrained from you that you, can, that you imagine to do. Nothing will be held back. Basically, nothing will be impossible to you that you can imagine to do. So, <laughs> a little warning here. 
Make sure you're using your imagination for good, for things that would please God. Because we all know, we've all probably done it. I know I have. I'll raise my hand. You use your imagination without God, you're going to get in trouble, right? This works for good. This works for evil. Make sure what you're imagining is in line with God. Make sure that you're imagining things that are aligned with God's purpose for your life, God's, God's mission when he created you as a unique person walking this earth. The world needs you. The world needs you to be the best version of you. Many of us, self-included, have tried to fit in to another mold. Try to fit into a mold that you, you do it for various reasons. You do it for various reasons, but it just doesn't feel right. But if you can come to a place and spend enough time with God expanding your thinking, and we're going to talk about this and how we're going to do this. We have a three-week process for you. For those who really want to dig in, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. But... Um, the authentic you is, is, is invaluable. No one can be a better you than you. And we need you, right? The world needs you. God needs you. <clears throat> so let's promote imagination. Let's promote possibility thinking back to where it should have been all this time, back to where God wanted it to be. Start with the thought. Think of what could be. Think of what you are, who you are, what you want, why God put you here, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. So, we, uh, you know, the, the reason I love, love, love coming and listen to pa- listen to Pastor Jim preach is he doesn't give us an intellectual thesis on something and then say, "Be blessed." I'll pray for you guys. See you next Sunday. See you next Wednesday. His whole thing is the mysteries of God, but then how do I take that? Where, where does the rubber hit the road? How do I take that? How do I apply that to my life, right? Without a process, without that missing piece, you can expound all day long. And it really doesn't help anyone in the room. They don't walk out of there with some action, with some thoughts around what they can do to use the information they just got. Everything starts with a process. John Maxwell, I'm on the Maxwell team. He's our mentor. He's a business partner. He says, if I want to be inspired, I attend an event. Go to a seminar. Go to a class. Go hear someone preach. Go to a retreat weekend to be inspired. But if I want to change my life, engage in a process. So all of that is great, but then how do I take that? What's the process by which I can take that information and apply it to my life? So we're going we're gonna to talk about a process. I want to add value to, to you tonight, and I'm going to share a couple of high-level things that we do, a couple of tools that we use um, in our coaching, coaching practice. Um, it's high-level, it's high but it'll, it'll get you, it'll, if you choose, like I said, it's three weeks, if you choose to do this, um, it's really going to be very enlightening. So the process, it's number one is, who are you? Who are you really? 
going to find out who some things to do to help you discover who are you really. Number two, what do you want really? I ask people all the time, what do you want? And I get answers like, want more money. I want, you know, it's like, okay, what does that mean? You ask two or three questions, and they look, you know, a lot of people have never spent some real quality time trying to understand what it is they really want. And if you don't know what you're shooting for, you never know when you've gotten there, but you're, you're meandering, right? So who are you really? What do you want really? And then what is your plan really, okay? So the first one, so we're going to, this is three weeks. So for the first week, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do something to, to talk and help you discover things about yourself. If you do this, some people are sitting there right now thinking, really? I know who I am. I want you to do this and then come back and, and tell me. I'm going to strip you down to the bare metal, right? You have been uniquely stitched together by God. Like I said before, you're unique. You're like nobody else. Psalm 139 out of the message says this. It says, oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life, all prepared before I'd even lived one day. He said, you know every bone in my body. And Mark 10 says, Matthew 10, sorry, says, God, the hairs on your head are numbered by God. So I always thought that meant only that he knows how many hairs I have on my head. I got a haircut. I go, look, pretty good. How many, how many hairs do I have on my head? But they're numbered. He knows which one came in first, which one came in second, which one came in third, fourth, fifth. Every hair is numbered. Isaiah 64, 8 says, Still, God, you are our father. We're the clay and you're our potter. All of us are what you made us. God made you unique. God made you wonderfully. You are wonderfully made. Nobody can take your position in the world. So let's... So who are you really? Let's find out. We're not going to do this tonight. You can either write this down, or you can write your email address on a piece of paper and give it to me at the end of service, or you can wait a day or two till it's uploaded, and you can listen to it and write it down. But here's the process. First one, who are you really? So number one, step one, make a list. Mona's not here. Mona knows this because Mona, Mona did this. Make a list of 100 words. Oops. 100 words. They have to be positive words, and they have to describe you. Now, most people I say this to say, 100 words? Like, really? Yeah, 100 words. Don't quit till you get 100. And people have done it. It can be done. 100 words. Reflect on that list. Once you get 100, and as you're doing it, you're going to have to work with God on this. You're not going to be able to come up with 100 positive words that describe you without digging deep. You'll, you'll bang out 15 or 20 right off the bat, but then you have 80 to go. Keep at it. It's a prayerful exercise. 
Let God show you who you are. Make the list of 100s. Step number two, take that list. Once it's done, read through it. Pick out the top 10. The top 10 words that best describe you, and these are all positive words. Don't skip step one. Don't be like I was when I was in school and like, hold on. We're going to do 100 words, and then we're going to do ten. I'm just going to do 10 words, right? Don't be that person, right? Go through the process. There's a, there, it's not about the 10 words as much as it is the thinking that you're going to have to go through to create a list of 100 and then pick those 10. So make a list of 100. Make a, take the top 10 positive words that describe you. Step number three, if you can, if you have someone that you can do this with, and I think we all do, find, not find, talk to one or two or up to three people that know you really, really well. Ask them to make a list of 10 positive words that describe you. When you get those back, compare them. Your list versus their list. What blind spots did you, did you have, right? And then when you're all done with that, you've thought about who you are so much at that point, create your I am statements. Create a list of 10, 15, 8, whatever, whatever feels right to you, I am statements. You're going to read these every morning. You're going to read these every night. I am intelligent. I am energetic. I am personable. I am honest. I am, right? It's not a new concept. Read them. Read them. Make that list. Put it next to your bed every night before you go to bed and every morning when you wake up. So there you have it. That's week one. That's week one. Week two, so we just found out who are you really? Week two, what do you want really? What do you really, really, really want? Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. What do you really desire? God talks about in Habakkuk 2, he talks about write your vision down, right? And the Lord answered me and he said, write the vision, make it plain upon the tables that he may run that reads it. So you've probably heard of vision boards before. I think Judy in one of her women's breakfast showed everyone her vision board. I don't have one. I'll probably create one at some time. That's a great thing. Something that you can put in front of you that, that speaks to the things that you desire that you're shooting for in your life, right? But we're going to do it something a little bit different. So imagine that it's October 18th, 2022, the year 2022. It's five years from now. And you've already achieved your perfect life got the job you want, your family looks the way, you know, the way you want it. Write a letter to someone that you haven't communicated with in five years. You haven't seen them, you haven't emailed them, you haven't texted them. Start the letter, hey, I'm so excited to tell you how my life turned out. And then write a letter to that person. It's you five years from now. You've already accomplished your perfect life. Tell them about your life. 
What does it look like? Where do you live? Where do you go on vacation? What does your house look like? What, what does your car look like? What kind of clothes do your kids wear? Get into as much detail. What do you eat? What is your job? What is your career? How's your business doing? What are you, what are you doing for a business? How's your relationship with your wife, your husband? Get as much detail as you possibly can. Write a letter to that person. When you're done, read through it, put it aside. The next day, I want you to go to where you put that letter. I want you to pick it up, rip it up, throw it in the garbage. Sit down and write another letter. Don't try to remember what you wrote the first time. Write another letter. Do this every day for a week. <laughs> write another letter. Or do it five times or four times in a week. Right? Write another letter. I'm so excited to tell you how my life turned out. And then go for it in as much detail as you can. Read through it when you're done. Put it aside. Day three, find that letter. Don't, don't read it. Rip it up. Throw it in the garbage. Get out a new piece of paper and write another letter. At the end, at the end of the week, <clears throat> read that letter. Keep it. Save it, because that's going to be the basis upon which you can write your vision of your perfect life. You've already gone through seven days, seven iterations of brand new thinking about what is it I really, really want? What does my perfect life look like? So now you have a good vision. You have something on paper written down that speaks to who you are and speaks to what you really, really want. Now, this is all in prayer time. Include God in this. God knows more about you than you do, so include God in this. So week three, the third big piece, now you're going to write the plan. Invest 15 minutes every day. Read your list of 10. Read your letter. Read the last letter. And, the, and if you took that letter and you, you created a, a, another document with a, a, your vision, read that. And then spend 15 minutes during your prayer time. Carve out 15 minutes. And just, just ask God to show you the things that you can do to achieve that perfect life. You're not going to know how to do most of them. Just write them down. If God brings things to your, to your awareness, just write them down. Write them down. Write them down. Just keep writing for, for the whole week. At the end of the week, I want you to just go through that list, and there are things that you can do right away. There are going to be things in there that you're not going to know how to do. Actually, you're not going to know how to do most of them, but pull out the ones that you can start. We always talk about separate yourself from the need to know how. And what we mean by that is, you know, Brian can't tell me how he's going to stand up and walk across the room. He, he can't. He can show me. He can do it. He's, been, he's a professional stander-upper and walker for many years, but he can't tell me. If he waited to stand up and walk before he knew how, 
where he could tell me every muscle that had to contract and every impulse going. He couldn't do it. He doesn't know how. When you drive, right, you don't know how. You know, you're, you're, you're calculating weight of your vehicle, speed. You know, you're, you're doing a lot of calculations that if you had to tell me how to do it, none of you could give me the equations, to, to, but yet you do it, right? Our grandchild, we just got a picture. We, j we heard, we found out that he started walking. He's a little over a year, right? Just started walking earlier this week, and on the way in, we got texted a picture of him. He's now climbing stairs already. And, uh, you know, it made me think, you know, as babies, as children, we try things, we fail. We try things, we fail. We make adjustments, we try things, we fail. That's what I want want. I encourage everyone to do with this list. You're going to, in your prayer time, you're going to come up with a list of things that can get you to where, you know, you already know now what you want. You can get to where you want to get to. Some of those are for later. Pick out the ones that you can act on now. It doesn't mean you know exactly how to do it, but it's something that you can do today. And you may fail. And you may need to adjust. Create a result. Find out what went right and what didn't, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. We learn very iteratively, right? So evaluate, learn, do it again, create another result. And at the end of the week, when you make that list, right, go back. This is something, step three, this is something you're going to do until you achieve that perfect life. This is something you're going to do as part of your prayer life, if you do it, part of your prayer life, until you get there. And when you get there, you're going to start the whole process over again. So when you pray, carve out an extra 15 minutes, tack on an extra 15 minutes to what you're doing, what you're doing daily now. Blank piece of paper for the first day and just start writing. Just start writing about writing things you can do. At the end of the week, pull out the ones you can do immediately. Pull those aside. Start doing them. Go back. Get Keep that piece of paper. Build on that same list. What new things come to mind? What is God now, now that you've done some things, what is God now showing you that you can do next? And just That's a running list. Just keep that running list. Do that. We said five years. You're writing a letter to Perks five years. It may not take you anywhere near five years to achieve that. It might take you longer. But you know where you're going. And you're spending some quality prayer time and creating your plan. So that's it. That's it. That's three weeks. Let's see who makes it all the way through. We're not going to check in on you. We're not going to take a test at the end. Um, these are just some things that you can prayerfully do um, to create questions? All right. It was an honor. Wow, we ended up, we ended early, huh? Five after eight. It was an honor and a privilege to speak to you tonight. It always is. I love this family. I love this, this place. I love Pastor Jim and his family. And uh, I, uh, I look forward to doing this again sometime real soon. Thank you.